Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and return Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to head on over to MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyPeaceCorpsStory or on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Additionally, if you listen on Apple Podcast, head on over to Apple Podcast and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated. But as I always say, more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. I truly mean that. Speaking of five-star reviews, I'd like to give a special shout-out to Cecil C., who says, Great stories and information, five stars. I've always been drawn to the Peace Corps, but have yet to finish college to join. Podcasts like this one help me see all sides of service, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love it. Five stars. I listen to every episode. Cecil C., thank you very much for listening, leaving the review, and I look forward to one day helping you tell your story. On this episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast, I do a first for the show. I talk with a current volunteer in her country of service. A few weeks ago, I traveled to Thailand and spent two amazing weeks, first starting in the south, then going north, and then ending in Bangkok. Along the way, I met up with a few volunteers, one of which was Anna McGillicuddy. Here is her story on episode 41 of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. This is this is this is this is my my peace course peace course my peace course my peace course story story story. My name is Anna McGillicuddy. I am a youth and development volunteer in Naor in Loi, Thailand, and this is my peace course story. Hey Anna, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm hot, but I'm good. Yeah, it's a little it's a little warm right now. This is <laughs> a a first for the my peace course story podcast. I am interviewing a current peace corps volunteer while they are serving in their country of service. I've been in Thailand for a week now, uh, touring around with, with my girlfriend. Now we're in Chiang Mai uh, celebrating Song Kren. Uh, yes, the uh, Thai New Year. Thai New Year. Uh, do you have any facts about Song Kren that people should, should know about? Or can you explain it a little bit? I've read Wikipedia, so I know that. But do you have Well, any? I pretty much would give you the same... <laughs> answers Wikipedia. It's a four day long water festival essentially. It's about uh, starting re- renewed, um, cleansing yourself with water. And it also happens to land in the middle of Thai summer, which is an extremely hot uh, time of the year. And so it's, it's a lot of celebration, a lot of fun, and is generally accompanied by tons and tons of water mm-hmm. playing and bucket water bucket tosses and stuff like that yeah do you do you have a water gun you came here without a water gun (laughs) i actually i bought a water gun and it's so bad that i've been losing to every child i've tried to (laughs) i've had like battles with two to three year olds and have been losing pretty terribly yeah we got like i guess a medium-sized water gun uh, because we didn't want to shell out the bucks for the big one i have i have buyer's remorse because once i actually got in the water fight and saw what the big guns can do 
Like I don't, I don't stand a chance. I know, I know. The big ones are worth it, though. I've seen them in action, and they're yeah. pretty, they're pretty intense. And as a like a very tall Westerner, I feel I just have a target <laughs> on my back. They're like, oh, we must get him. I'm like, oh, definitely, damn. definitely target on your back. Yeah, but it, but it's been fun. It's been fun. How yeah. close is your your sight uh, to Chiang Mai? Uh, about ten hours. Okay. Uh, I took an overnight bus to get here. I live in Lai in northeastern Thailand, so it's kind of I'm on the border of Laos, okay. essentially. And yeah, it's I mean it's kind of far, I guess, but I've become so accustomed to traveling fairly long distances, especially on overnight buses, that it wasn't really an issue. Are you able to, to pass out and sleep most of the way? Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm pretty short. So mm-hmm. I can kind of curl up and fall asleep and wake up when I arrive, generally speaking. So I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you're going to do a, a few days here, Songkran, mm-hmm. back to your community. Yeah, okay. correct. You know, in, enjoy the festivities. Uh, we just had brunch, so you mm-hmm. had some had some Western food. Yes, delicious. Yeah, I, I asked if you knew of any good Thai restaurants. And <laughs> I'm like, we don't eat Thai when we're in the big city. I was like, yeah, yeah. definitely not. So when, when you go back to your community... What will you be doing? What do you do as a Peace Corps volunteer? Explain a little bit about your actual service and your community in general. I mean, when I, because I served in a a village, but I would call it, but what does your community look like? Okay. So my community is fairly large. It's uh, described as semi-urban and has around 6,000 people with nine different Mubans, which is kind of like a, what is a Muban? I don't remember any English. It's like a smaller village within my community okay. and so I work in the sub-district like in neighborhood yeah kind of yes yeah that works neighborhood okay. <laughs> um, and I work in the sub-district administrative organization which is the local mm-hmm. uh, government office and so that office is in charge of the 6,000 people um, but it's only in one of those it's in Mu Muban 3 Mubon 3. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to piece some Thai and English together and make things make sense. Um, it's fairly large. I last term was teaching at four different schools. Mm-hmm. So I generally would go to each school once a week, teach English, life skills, and healthy lifestyles. Next term, I'm hoping to do more sexual reproductive uh, health work and leadership clubs. Um more about my site it's a fairly wealthy government office and so i'm lucky because i have funding to do camps and other sort of events like that but it's been a little bit of a struggle to get that money put into education rather than uh, maybe thai dancing events or other cultural events Mm -hmm. what else I don't know. What else do you want to say? Sorry, I don't know. know. Uh, Youth and development is, uh, you can form it basically depending on your site. Mm -hmm. And so it's your interests match with the needs and wants of your community. And using youth as uh, leaders and resources, as well as doing clubs, outside of school activities, camps, um, other things like that that are not just English focused. Mm -hmm. Though co-teaching English is one of the things that we're we focus on and try to increase functional English ability, mm-hmm. okay. which with classes canceled and co-teacher commitment has proven difficult, but mm-hmm. pushing through. So at this point, you're at the, the one year mark. Correct. You've done, you've done a, a year Woo! of service. <laughs> Feeling pr- pretty good? Feeling really good. 
Um, it's been a crazy year. And I think I'm only just now feeling like I'm getting in the swing of things. And more like I have a rhythm and I understand who is wanting to work with me in my community, what events are actually going to be beneficial to my community, uh, what things my office will get behind and actually want to fund and support. And so I finally feel like I'm getting in a rhythm, whereas this past year has been, I think, a lot of integration-based work, just feeling things out, getting to know my community and my kids. And it's, it's been great, but difficult. Uh, I'm in a large community, and so it's been difficult to try to integrate into such a big community mm-hmm. uh, because I don't really have one village or anything that I feel like I'm very much a part of. So I'm kind of bopping around to these different mubans or villages within my community that my schools are all spread out kind of. And so I have little pockets of these communities, but it's it's kind of a more spread out feel. Mm-hmm. Now that you've done a year, looking back at the year, do you have any any favorite memories or experiences? <laughs> and they don't have to be related to your work. They can just be yeah. from your time in Thailand as a volunteer. Yeah, so in November, I believe it was November, I started Muay Thai training. And that has been, that I would say was one of the biggest turning points in my service, just in terms of feeling like a more of a part of my community and having a a group and team. And I've always been a part of sports teams or clubs or anything like that my whole life, essentially, and didn't realize how much I was missing that kind of Mm -hmm. camaraderie, especially when the language barrier has been difficult in being able to express myself, you know, vocally. And I not being able to do that has felt a little bit stifling. And so I found that doing more physical-based activities, like I dance with the elderly a lot. Uh, We just did a Songkran dance the other day. And Muay Thai has been really incredible in helping me feel like I can actually express myself in a way that is more true to myself that language is not being able to do. So it's been a really... It's been incredible. And I get to Muay Thai train with some of my students and my upcoming students... And it's right outside of my office and just down from my house. So I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to have that experience. So does it feel weird uh, to either kick your student's butt or have your <laughs> students kick your own butt? Uh, no, it's... <laughs> yeah, maybe it should feel weird. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're mostly young kids around 9, 10 mm-hmm. are kind of like... There's, there was a huge influx of them around two months ago. And other than that, they're 20-year-old, really good Muay Thai fighters who are incredibly intimidating. But I am one of the few females. And so it's been really cool to have my younger male students be like, oh, you're strong. You can do this. And I've even, there are two girls that just started as well, uh, Muay Thai fighting, and they're 10 and 11, I believe. And they're awesome and kicking the guys but like doing an incredible job and it's just it's been great to see that happen and um especially to have the girls kind of be more proud of of that whereas i would say most girls are not encouraged to muay thai fight and instead are encouraged to dance 
um, do more quote unquote girly female activities. Um, so that's been just awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, having uh, done martial arts and taught martial arts, I always enjoyed teaching uh, girls more than boys. Uh, one because they can concentrate better. Uh, <laughs> boys just wanted to chase each other around the room, yeah. uh, and girls just picked up so much more quickly, and they just had so much more discipline. Uh, so it's good that you're, uh, I guess, maybe seeing that as well. And yeah. do you think that maybe your presence has made it a little bit more welcoming for other girls in the community, or I hope are you so. are you seeing sort of just like this third sex? It's like, yes, you're a female, but you're a Western female. You're just confusing. Um, I really hope so. I think, I would say most girls who do end up Muay Thai fighting, not all, but most who do end up Muay Thai fighting end up getting their hair cut really short and kind of labeled as Toms Mm -hmm. is how they're labeled by Thais. And so there's something kind of funny where I'm hoping to show that no you can be strong and you can be beautiful and you can be you can, you're complex you have all of these sides too and you can be all of them at one time and that just playing you're doing a sport differently doesn't need to label you or put you in any sort of a box mm-hmm. and i don't know i think that's i'm hoping i'm hoping by the end of my two years i will have maybe like done that but I am reminded by my community members that if I'm strong, I will not get a boyfriend. And so that's been funny, but obviously really good motivation because that's how, that's how I work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And are you, I guess the only Westerner in your community? Do you see Westerners often? Because I've, I've, I've been a tourist Mm -hmm. in, in Thailand for the past week. And so I've been in places where there's just, Westerners galore. I feel in Chiang Mai right now, it's like a third Thai, a third Chinese, <laughs> and a third, you know, European Americans. Yeah, yeah. Are you the only... Uh, I'm not. Wo- you're not. I'm the... There's, I believe, two older English men mm-hmm. uh, who have Thai families okay. and live in my community, but whom I very rarely see. Okay. Kind of like once in a blue moon, I'll see them in their cars or, or elsewhere, but... I'm the only foreigner that works within the community. Okay. Yeah. And how has your integration gone? Or how have you felt about (laughs) it? Like, what have been some of the pitfalls, some of your successes? Yeah. Uh, I think it's been good. It's been a lot of ups and downs. Some days I feel like I'm the queen of integration, (laughs) Peace Corps integration, because I'm dancing with my ladies and I'm, out until 9 p.m., the late the late night. Um, and I'm, I don't know, there are some days I feel really, really good about it, and I feel like I've found my spot and my place, and I feel included in, in community-based events and stuff. And then other days, not so much. Um, so there are some days that I'm, I don't know about events that are going on, and so I'm kind of sitting alone in my home while there are a trillion things happening around outside of me that I don't find out about until... Going on. <laughs> right, a few days later. Uh, so that has been a little bit difficult because it's kind of like I just, I just want the invite, but sometimes I don't even want to go. I just want the invite, you know, to be like, we want Anna there, but yeah, that's not always the case. 
And what ways have you found to facilitate that integration? Is it just, just putting yourself out there, just being in the community, or have you found any activities to be particularly effective in, yeah. in, in learning language and just getting to know your community members? Uh, I would say, again, the physical expression activities, physical activities, so Muay Thai, Muay Thai yeah. dancing. dancing has been great. I was practicing for this song dance every day for like three hours at night with these women, uh, which at times I was like, just get me home, but also was incredible time to spend with them and they're hilarious and just love every moment of everything and mess up constantly and have the <laughs> best time ever doing it. So I figure I can mess up too and look a little silly. Um, and sports, like going out to the soccer field and just bringing a soccer ball has been really great because a lot of my kids don't have uh, soccer balls or anything like that. And so they'll come up to me and ask to play mm-hmm. or I'll ask them to play. <laughs> and then you'll just kind of have a little game, which has been great. Running, like if I run through the community, it's good for people to just see me, and I'll stop and say hello to people. And and is that, that is that connection. accepted? Because that's a question that I, I see a lot of times, especially from female volunteers, mm-hmm. uh, about running and just right. physical activity. Because yeah. in some countries, you know, if you were to wear like shorter shorts right. or a tank top, like it's a no go for women. Has it been accepted in your community? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty accepted. The I actually replaced a volunteer. Mm-hmm. She finished her two years. And then I jumped right back in and she was a big runner and cyclist. And I think they got used to having the foreigner run mm-hmm. around. <laughs> and so I'm not that uh, surprising for them, but I can wear shorts. I don't show my shoulders. Uh, but generally I've, and I've asked cause I was really nervous about that at the start and I was wearing longer pants to go running, but in the middle of Thai summer, that's an incredibly difficult thing to do. It is toasty right now <laughs> yeah. outside. Yeah. So, but people say if you're exercising, as long as they're appropriate, I have longer shorts that I wear almost okay. to my knee and I'm allowed to wear those as long as I'm exercising, but I wouldn't wear those to walk around and, yeah. you know, in the community. And then, I guess, somewhat related to the uh, conservative nature of your community, mm-hmm. what's the religion? Are they majority Buddhist? Yes. Okay. I would say all. I don't want to make that assumption and say everyone's Buddhist, but it's a Buddhist community, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have, I think, four or five temples mm-hmm. in my community, and they're all very different and really beautiful and loud, also really loud. <laughs> the chanting and the events, they all mm-hmm. happen at the at the temples and... Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting learning about Buddhism firsthand and not actually getting much Buddhist like mm, I wouldn't say Buddhist lessons, sorry, that sounds like a funny thing, but not being told about Buddhism but instead just experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess like going to the temple, I went to a monk funeral last week which was really something. And just having that experience has been and totally unique and really great yeah mm-hmm. now what makes a, a monk funeral a monk funeral so this monk was fairly high up in status um, and had been a monk for a very long time and passed away of old age and so a lot of people from all over my province came to this this monk's funeral so it was of seven day long process 
and it's like street vendors and food and everything. It's like a huge party celebration type thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's usually events throughout the day at the temple. And uh, I only went for a few hours during the day when he was actually being put into his casket. And it was just a really huge event. People came from all over, monks from different temples around the entire province and people who just knew this monk or had heard of this monk and wanted to pay respect. And then as we were chatting before we got uh, started with the interview, I did a rundown of the basic questions that I tend to ask people. And one of them was most like a difficult memory. <laughs> and you, you, you struggled right off the bat. So I'm going to call you out that you were having, <laughs> which, is, which is a good thing. If you, if you have to like hesitate to like think of like something bad, mm -hmm. that speaks, you know, loads to your service. But, yeah. but do you have uh, one of those memories that, that comes from? Oh, there. Song Kren is happening <laughs> out on the streets. People are getting sprayed. But do you, do you have a memory that, that comes to mind? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest challenges I have felt is getting a counterpart that I feel really wants me or wants to do work with me and wants to learn about American culture and kind of have that exchange because my assigned counterparts were not exactly the people that I would look to for that specifically. And um, so last term I held a Taiyut Theater Club, which meant, met weekly and we worked on creating a script based on the theme of the, the camp every year. Oh, sorry, let me give some background. Taiyu Theater is an annual theater festival. So it's a three day long festival held in Patum Thani, which is near Bangkok. And Peace Corps volunteers and even communities that have just heard about it, they don't have to have a volunteer with them, will prepare skits or plays that are about 15 minutes long in English to then present at this festival. And so I held a club last semester at my school, at my, sorry, my Tessaban school, which is my uh, sub-district administrative organization's affiliated school. And it was really great, but incredibly difficult to get a co-teacher there. And these students that I worked with were high school students whose English is, is <laughs> pretty poor. And so trying to come up with a script in English, that was their idea because I didn't want to create something that they didn't produce, as well as trying to somehow teach acting. I don't teach acting, but to... Had you, had you done acting before? No, no. <laughs> well, my, my, my dad uh, is a playwright and poet and so I've been surrounded by theater my entire life. Genetic, right? Genetic. <laughs> I believe it's genetic, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've been surrounded by it my entire life but it's, it's a, it was a really difficult thing to try to do with this group of students who I was just starting to get to know and not having a co-teacher there who said she was going to be there and was going to be the one to help facilitate all of this and be kind of my translator and also just a higher up figure that they'll be more likely to respond to it was really a frustrating, 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 frustrating. Did I mention frustrating? Uh, semester. So it ended up being me really running this club for the whole term alone. 
mm-hmm. and trying to get these high school students, most of whom were girls and on their phones, <laughs> to be involved and invested in this. But I also didn't want to push them into anything that they didn't want to do. And so it was kind of a, I was trying to hit that balance without the support of the person that I had been hoping to rely on. And I think that was one of my most frustrating, it was like every week showing up and again, her having some excuse that she couldn't be there for whatever reason was one of the most difficult parts. And also that she just seemed to give, she just didn't seem to care, I would Mm -hmm. say, that I was frustrated or that it wasn't going well or that all of this was happening and she didn't really seem to be responsive to my frustration. And I, I think that was one of the most difficult parts. But at the same time, my kids somehow got it together in the, past, in the last, like, four days and did an <laughs> incredible job. And I could not have been more proud of them. Like, I felt, honestly, like a mother, like, videotaping them at, <laughs> at the festival. I was like, oh, if you guys, are you listening to this? It's in English. I was so excited and so happy. So it kind of, that success just kind of... Uh, it got rid of all the crappy, the crappy stuff that had previously happened. But that was definitely that was definitely an issue, mm-hmm. definitely a frustration. And have you like learned anything from your, your time so far? <laughs> I know, no, well, you learned, learned a lot. But is there <laughs> is there anything of, of note or something that really stands out? Uh, a lot of people say patience uh, when when, yeah. I, when I ask this question. But is there something that you've learned uh, from your experience uh, one year into being a Peace Corps volunteer in Thailand? I think one thing I've learned has been to just, this is going to maybe sound a little cliche, but to just be myself more and to stop treading on cultural sense. Uh, I don't want to say sensitivity, but I, I felt like during training we got so much information on how to be culturally appropriate and sensitive and aware of our surroundings all the time that I came to my site and pulled back a lot on my own personality and was nervous to offend someone or was nervous to do something that might create tension or, or ruin a relationship within mm-hmm. my community, which is exactly what I was not trying to do, right? So I think that has been one of the most difficult things is to find that balance between me as an American and expressing myself truly and also being culturally appropriate and aware and responsive and uh, really trying to fit those two worlds into my personality, I guess. And yeah, that would be the one thing I think I really learned is that just be myself I guess that sounds a little silly but to allow and trust myself to Mm -hmm. be the the person that will actually be sorry how do I say this better trust have more trust in myself and faith in myself that I am the person that they want and that I don't have to fit into any sort of stereotype as an English teacher which isn't my job but what they really want Mm-hmm. or to fit into any other kind of thing or just stereotype, I guess, of, of what I was supposed to be doing rather than, no, this is what I actually want to and can contribute to mm-hmm. my community. 
I think that's... Sorry, I just rambled. I went in a little circle there. (laughs) One, that's how I tend to think and talk myself. And I I think that that was a great advice for any current volunteers that you do need to be culturally sensitive, but realize that you are who you are and you came with what you have and that's all you can give. And you don't... They didn't ask for a Thai volunteer. They want to learn about the American culture. And so if I'm trying to be as Thai as possible, then what am I? I'm not really the American volunteer that they they got or mm-hmm. were asking for. Yeah. And you have you have some time left in in Thailand, but yes. is there anything that you can sort of I guess foreshadow that you're going to miss uh, about <laughs> about your time oh my here? God. Uh, Everything. It, <laughs> I I I have loved loved it here. There there has been I don't think I've had one negative experience really since being here. Uh, but do you have any specific examples of, of things? Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, but I think the community-based uh, community, that that insane sense of belonging in a in a place. Not that I feel it all the time as as an outsider and a foreigner, but just community-based events that these old women who are seventy-five and eighty get together every day and dance. If they've probably known each other since they were babies and have grown up in the same place and lifelong friends and they're just laughing and loving everything and you walk down the street and people are going to invite you into their home just to have a meal and a conversation which is something very different to New York Mm -hmm. New York life and so I think that is the thing that I will most definitely miss I literally thought about retiring in Thailand when I'm like a 70 year old the other day because they looked like they were having so much fun I was like, well, that's what I want to do. That's exactly what I want to be doing when I'm, when I'm getting older. <laughs> My girlfriend's looking at me and laughing because I've been trying to figure out how we can justify like moving to Thailand. Let's, let's figure out this digital nomad thing. Should. Like, you know, I can, t- I can take the podcast anywhere, you know, a bunch of Thai volunteers. I can just interview. It can just be the, the Thai Peace Corps story podcast. Yeah. I'll just interview. yeah. I say do it. And uh, in in closing, as we you know wrap up this interview, because mm-hmm. I know you you've got water fights you need to get to, <laughs> uh, and uh, another festivities, uh, is there anything that you would like to share with the the audience of the My Peace Corps Story podcast, who are uh, a lot of uh, interested volunteers, mm-hmm. current serving volunteers, and I think the, the probably the smallest demographic are return volunteers. Okay, uh, but. No, knowing that, do you have any words of advice, wisdom, encouragement that you would like to, to share? Words of encouragement. I guess I would say that there's no day is ever the same. And that's a really, really good thing. And it tests your patience sometimes because sometimes you just want to be in a rhythm and you mm-hmm. just want to do a nine to five. And you get home, but you never stop working in the Peace Corps. You never, ever stop. And that was a serious adjustment understanding that my life here is my work Mm -hmm. and once I accepted that I think I became more integrated and I I fell in love with my community more and more Uh, so just go with the ups and downs you're never supposed to feel a certain way if someone's going through a difficult time somewhere else across the world or in Thailand it doesn't mean you're supposed to be there's no right or wrong exactly how you feel is exactly how you're supposed to feel and so go with it and have faith that you are wanted in your community if at times 
it might not seem as clear mm-hmm. that there are people that want you and that uh, you have a you have a big family in your community and amongst other Peace Corps volunteers that will never ever go away no matter how many years you leave your site or have have left yeah mm-hmm. I guess that's it I don't know well, <laughs> that that is perfect and in in closing. Do you have a Thai word or phrase that you just love or that I should learn mm. uh, that, that I can use in, in the next week? Uh, what, what, should, what should I know in Thai? Because I, I know nothing at this point. I can well, say spicy. You, so Nam Jai. Nam Jai. Have you heard of Nam Jai? Jai means heart and Nam is water. So it literally means, I guess translated would be water heart or water juice, like juice heart, heart juice. <laughs> um and it, it really, it, what it symbolizes is that giving from your heart. And so if someone has a lot of Nam Jai, it means that they're extremely giving. And it's something used and I think embodied by most of the Thai people that I've met that I couldn't possibly in my two years give back to my community in the way that they've given to me. And it's, I think that's, I think that's an important phrase. And then also... My pen rai. I'm sure you've heard that. Maybe my pen rai. It means, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's nothing. My pen rai. My pen rai. Yeah, and that is the response I get to almost anything. <laughs> if I'm ever frustrated or if anything happens, don't worry. There's no. You don't need to worry about a single thing. Let's just, let's just ride this out. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry. So nam jai and my pen rai. Those would be my two. Well. Thank you for those. And thank you for taking time to sit down with me, sharing a meal. Of course. Uh, you know, sitting out in the sweltering heat. I'm, I'm now. I'm used to this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it is, it is toasty. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, and I wish you the absolute best in your, your upcoming year as a Peace Corps volunteer. Thank you. The second year is the best. I am so. I have some projects that I'm really, really excited for. Don't know if I'll be able to do all of them but i'm i'm i have some good things lined up so i'm excited the, it'll you know it'll come yeah yeah my pen right exactly <laughs> you used it beautifully <laughs> right, well thank you very much thank you so much and there you have it another episode of the my peace core story podcast if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you receive a new episode every single week when I release them. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours?